Welcome to the Free to Be More podcast by the Enoch Pratt Free Library. I'm your host, Megan McCorkle. This podcast series features conversations with leaders and innovators having a positive impact in our city. Let's get started. Your journey starts here. This month, we're focusing on the Social Worker in the Library program. It's a unique partnership between the Enoch Pratt Free Library and the University of Maryland School of Social Work, and it's expanding. We'll tell you what the program is, where it's at, and how you can access it. This is a program that is a spark of hope throughout the community of Baltimore. It has helped transform lives in just the one year that it has been in libraries. The impact of social worker in the library has been recognized nationally. Other cities now trying to replicate it where they are. We'll show you the critical step that you or your loved ones could take to change your life. Our first guest today is Laurel Smith-Rout. She is the new staff social worker here at the Enoch Pratt Free Library. Laurel, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thank you for highlighting our program. Absolutely. So tell me, first of all, what is Social Worker in the Library? It's a new innovative program that is putting social workers inside the library, including social work interns from University of Maryland. Um, And it's the Pratt has really recognized that there's many communities in Baltimore that have a wide variety of needs and sometimes have trouble accessing resources or different programs that might help with those needs. So yeah, we're here to help folks get their questions answered and hopefully help access those. Why do you think the library is really a perfect place for social workers to be? Why, what makes it the right place? Yeah, it's so many people have said it just makes sense. Um, And I think it makes sense because it's a place of trust. People love the library. They come there. It's open. It's free. You know, it's this place of help and information. And that's what it's been for years. So just kind of made sense that for the folks that were also maybe currently experiencing homelessness or have a substance abuse issue, that we would extend that kind of area of trust and information to also social services. So it's for as a social worker, it's really kind of nice on our end because we're walking into an environment that's open and free, and there's already that level of trust there. Mm -hmm. And so this is the second year. So and you've just come on in the second year. Yes. Yeah. So what's it already been like being in the libraries? Uh, it's amazingly welcoming. I have to say the, the staff have, I mean, I get, <laughs> I literally get hugged, um, when I walk in because they've, they've been really, um, doing the best they could to answer questions and meet people's needs. Um, so they're really happy. They really feel like they are a part of the community and they want to help and they want to see people's lives improve because they they know folks by name. They know their kids. They watch them grow up and they're really, really invested in seeing things improve for them. So the staff have been very welcoming and are happy we're here. Um, and the patrons, too, I was kind of expecting to spend a lot of time getting the word out, kind of explaining what the heck I'm doing here. And it has not been that at all. People have walked up and are eager for help. Yeah, that might be dip- more difficult to find in other areas. Mm-hmm. 
So who are these social workers? I know they're from the University of Maryland, Baltimore. Tell me a little bit about that background. Yeah. So they're social work interns. Uh, They're master level students currently studying at University of Maryland School of Social Work. Um, And they have a wide spectrum of backgrounds. There's folks that have backgrounds in special education with children to everything from working with homeless outreach. Um, It's really wide spectrum of all the different students, which is nice. It really helps inform the program, too. So is this something they're doing, I guess, as part of their schoolwork to become full-fledged social workers? Absolutely. Yeah. So they're also being supervised by a clinical instructor who, you know, supervises, gives advice, and in partnership with all their classes, too, that that they're taking. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the issues that you guys can help with? One of the things I love most about this program is uh, the short answer is everything. Um, We can't guarantee success with everything, but it's a really client or patron-driven program. So we help with whatever folks walk in with. The most common request for assistance is definitely housing. Uh, This can be everything from helping someone that is currently sleeping on the streets or on benches to get into shelters. If they are in shelters, to help them get into maybe something more permanent or transitional housing. Also, just helping folks finding affordable housing. It's a huge issue in the city. So we also help with a full wide gamut, everything um, we can look into and hopefully find some programs to help folks out. We also have a lot of requests for access to food, whether it's helping someone get into a food pantry or signing folks up for SNAP benefits or uh, food stamps. And another thing that we get a lot are health concerns. Uh, Again, this could be everything from accessing uh, substance abuse treatment to just help navigating the whole insurance system and signing up for that. That's another thing we could help folks out with. Um, And we do it in the arena of having all these different resources that are available at the library, which is makes, again, our job a little bit easier. So the program is expanding. Talk to me a little bit about the expansion. Yeah, last year uh, we were in four branches with students. And this year we've expanded to seven that have students. But then they've also hired a full-time social worker. So I'm available in all the other libraries that don't have those students there on a kind of more walk-in basis. Folks can always give referrals um, to me. Walk me through. If I'm a client, I'm walking into the library, maybe I have a need. How does that work for me when I walk into a library that has social worker in the library? Yeah, the process is really straightforward, hopefully easy. If you are going to a library that has a student there, they'll be there either Monday and Wednesdays or Tuesday and Thursday. Just look for a red tablecloth. It's a walk-in basis. If there's other folks who are currently helping, you might need to wait a minute, but it's really a walk-in basis um, that you would be able to get help. They'll be there from 10 to 6. If you live closer to a library where there's not a social work intern there, just let one of the librarians know They'll pass your information or referral along to me, and then I come meet you there or wherever is, you know, whichever library would be most convenient. So you have started, I think, just in the past couple months, and you've hit the ground running. So what are you seeing out there in the libraries? Again, a lot uh, questions about housing, a lot of assistance with that, also access to food, a lot of 
children also in the libraries, um, maybe with questions that we might be able to help their parents with, but by and far away that housing is the number one that we've been, I've been dealing with so far. So who can access this program? Literally everybody, anybody and everybody. It's free. We have no eligibility requirements. You just walk into a library and ask the questions. You don't even need a library card. We can help you get a library card, but you don't need one. Great. And people can get more information at prattlibrary.org. Our guest today is Laurel Smith-Rout. We'll have more Free to Be More coming up. This program is presented by the Enoch Pratt Free Library, producer of the celebrated Writer's Live Speaker Series. Get up close and personal with the most notable authors of our time at the Pratt. Writer's Live is a free program bringing best-selling authors who are shaping our culture to Baltimore. Learn more about Writer's Live at prattlibrary.org. The Enoch Pratt Free Library. Your journey starts here. So joining us now is Kimberly Street, faculty clinical advisor at the University of Maryland School of Social Work. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So Kimberly, you have already worked with this program for a year. I know Laurel is new on board. So can you talk a little bit about how Social Worker in the Library came about? Oh my gosh. Social Work in the Library came out of a conversation. I have to give a lot of credit to the individuals at Pratt because they have an innovation team and we're thinking about different ways to engage some of the people in the library and to deal with some of the challenges that they had. University of Maryland, on the other hand, was looking for good sites where we can kind of cultivate responsible social workers and mix the micro and macro together. And uh, so those two entities met and we decided that we would try uh, social work in the library. So really it was a conversation that made so much sense on so many different levels. And uh, we had some funders that were very interested and decided to go forward. And, and so we have Social work in the library a year later. Mm -hmm. Tell me about, you know, the first days of it last year and what it grew into over the course of the school year. I have to kind of chuckle when I think about it, because when they bought me on, they sort of said, we're doing social work in the library. We're not quite sure how that's going to look. So so what do social workers do in the library? We we had no idea we were going to even sit. You know, how are we going to do this? How are we going <laughs> to engage people? Because really, it's their library. We're coming in. So we're we're sort of the outsiders, and we didn't want to upset the apple cart, but we wanted to sort of be a, a team player. So it was walking in the door and figuring out how we're going to engage clients. Were we going to, you know, tap them on the shoulder and let them know we're here, or we're going to just maintain a presence? We decided we were going to maintain a presence, sort of let that trust build, and people start to come to us. Then we kind of knew we were truly accepted. So we've gone from that to walk in the library and people expecting us to be there and looking for us. But it was really just, it's a process. It's engaging people, building trust. So it has been a phenomenal ride. It's just been amazing. Laurel, when you came on board, I mean, you heard social worker in the library. Is that unique? Is that something you'd ever really heard before? Yeah, it. I believe there's only really in the country four other libraries. And they do it all differently. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really the only model uh, or the only library that uses this particular model of utilizing students and having a much more, um, I guess, open goal in terms of we help with whatever you might come to us with. We're not specifically looking just at homelessness right. or just at substance abuse. It's really based on client needs, what they're interested in, what they'd like to work on. Mm-hmm. 
Is it sort of a model that is really self-sustaining? Because it seems like the Pratt will always have libraries and the School of Social Work will we'll always, always have students. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, too, I think what's great about this model is word of mouth really starts to spread. So people experience a success because they had an issue. They got help with that issue. That tends yeah. to make them happy. Yeah. They spread the word. And it really starts to percolate through neighborhoods and communities that were there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of success, are there some success stories from this program you can share with us? I'm sure there are plenty. There are plenty. There are many. But the one I have to say that sticks out is we uh, had a gentleman at our Pennsylvania North um, branch, and he actually scoped us out for about three weeks. When he finally <laughs> came to the table, he said, I've been watching you all for three weeks. You know, it's his library. We're just guests. So he had to figure out if we were okay. Um, long story short, he needed some assistance with the resume, which uh, ended in a referral to a workforce development program. He completed the program in Strive. We were invited to the graduation. It was really something. And so we followed him, his first job, Amazon Fulfillment Center. It was just sort of this journey we took through the year with him. But it was him deciding that he was going to trust us and us being open to however long it took him to sort of take this journey with us. And so we still keep in contact with him. But I just love that because it was just a resume assistance into, we think you can do this program. Let's see if you can get yourself in there into him successfully finishing and us being able to share that that, uh, graduation with him. Do you feel like sometimes people are just looking or they need someone to give them that one step to transform everything for them? I do. I think people need to be supported. And I also think people are very lonely and they're isolated. So a lot of times we get people who just need validation with different struggles they're going through. You know, of course, I know it must be really hard to be out of work for seven years. I completely understand why you feel that way. That statement goes a long way. For someone who, you know, may seem like they're shiftless or not doing well, it's it's just that support. So when someone comes by the table and they discuss something for 10 minutes, and that's a win for us. If they never come back, that's okay. They know where we're at. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of those conversations that you're having in a non-judgmental mm-hmm. atmosphere that brings people back. Yeah. I'm, I'm really proud of that. I think just that spark of hope that mm-hmm. we might provide mm-hmm. that... You know, you've kind of exhausted all the channels you knew about, but then to come and kind of hear, hey, there might be something else. What if you tried this? What if you tried that? Mm -hmm. Again, we may never see them again when they go and try those different things, but we were able to kind of provide that spark of, what about this? You know, that's important. It is very important. How many people, I mean, it's only one year into this program, and how many people's lives have the social workers really been able to touch? Just so many. I mean, we, we've we counted in the hundreds. But, you know, I also think about the seeds that we've planted, because when you think about it, you, you interface with social workers when there's a crisis, right, when there's something going on. We have so many children we're working with right now, and so they're learning to work with social workers in a non-intimidating way. You know, so now it's, it's sort of cool. We're modeling what social workers can be, not just people who take children or their crisis. Mm-hmm. There are people who can engage with you on a regular basis. So we've helped a lot of people, but we've also planted a lot of seeds. And that goes mm-hmm. a long way. Why yeah. do you, Kimberly, think that the library really was a great place to have social workers? What makes the library different? That's where everybody's at. Everyone goes to the library. It doesn't matter your demographic. It doesn't matter your educational status, where you live. We all utilize the library in some type of capacity. So we were just 
going where people were. I mean, there's this, you know, the old social work creed, meet people where they're mm-hmm. at. I, I just like creeds that actually work, right? So we, <laughs> we are meeting people where they're at all the time. We're meeting different types of people. Um, not everyone that we meet are in dire straits. We've met students who said, oh, social work. Tell me about that. I'm I'm a freshman at Coppin and I'm I'm wondering about a career path. We've met all mm-hmm. kinds of different people. So mm-hmm. it's just a perfect place to meet people in lieu of a crisis that's going on so we can maybe divert something and just yeah. it's it's community. It's relationships. What I love too is I've I've gotten a lot of responses, not just one on work with individuals that might mm-hmm. need help, but members of the community that also wanted to help in some way. Mm-hmm. And are reaching out to start That's programs major. themselves. Yeah. Um, just yesterday, someone approached me that love to do a food pantry at one of the libraries. They've got the connections. They've got everything. They just kind of need that person to help organize it. So it's perfect for so a social worker. Proactive. You're yeah. being proactive. Yeah, You're yeah. not just firemen, right? <laughs> and again, it's great because yeah. it's all community driven. No one walked in and said, hey, you guys need a food pantry yeah. here. People from the community themselves were sort of like, I'd like to do this and think it might work. So, And I think it is interesting to the social workers when they come in, you know, Baltimore's really made up of neighborhoods and I'm sure the needs are different. So how does that assessment work in the beginning when they first get to their neighborhood branch that they'll be working in? So prior to coming, I have them do a short assignment where they sort of do some asset mapping. They talk about challenges and they walk the community. So there's a healthy respect and knowledge for the community you're going into. So we do that background information, but also um, there's an exercise where they have to meet community members as well as the members in the library, because that's a completely different community. And so they go in knowing knowing what they know and knowing what they don't know and trying to learn a little more. But they go in with a knowledge base. You, you have to. You just can't pitch a tent in someone's community and say, I'm here. I'm going to help you. That's sort of not the mentality that we want to teach. You know, we, we don't want it to be like that. We want to give people tools And um, we try to do that. Well, there is lots more to talk about, about this program in particular. So stick with us. The Free to Be More podcast will be right back. Support for the Free to Be More podcast is provided by the Enoch Pratt Free Library. Children fifth grade or younger can sign up for the Read to Read book club every October and March. The partnership with the National Aquarium helps kids learn more about our environment. Read five aquatic-themed books from the Pratt Library and win four free passes to the aquarium. Pick up your Read to Read bookmark during October or March at your Pratt Library branch. Numbers are limited. More information at prattlibrary.org. The Free to Be More podcast is back. We're joined by Kimberly Street with Social Worker in the Library. Kimberly, why is this program so important to the city of Baltimore? It is a sustainable model. I mean, we have students that come in excess of 500 every year to university. Um, the impact is so immediate and it's, and it's long lasting. We're just cultivating responsible social workers that get it on a completely different level. Whether they're going to work in a community or they're going to work with individuals, they understand the importance of relationships and community. So it's just a sustainable model. And after this first year, I mean, I just think the sky is the limit. I really do. Yeah, 600 people helped in the first year. When you first started, did you ever think that was the number you did? Absolutely (laughs) not. But I will tell you this in all honesty, when um, Lane Victorson told me about it, I said, that is an amazing idea. And he thought, well, it may be good. I said, no, 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 no. And I don't know why no one thought of it before. It is so brilliant because it's so basic Mm -hmm. and the need is, is great. 
and it can be duplicated so easily. I mean, it, it is. So I just think it is it is a wonderful experience in, in Baltimore and other places will have it. We've, we've got a lot of interest from all over the country. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you feel like this program could be a model nationally? Absolutely. Yeah. Some of my colleagues uh New York State uh, are looking at putting social workers in the Soho branch. Um, we're, we've been to D.C. So quite a few of the colleagues have reached out to us and said, well, how does this work? And um, I've been in touch all summer. I had the opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. and meet their social worker. Um, and I have to say, the, the thing that makes Baltimore so unique is that although Washington, D.C. has a social worker, and kudos to them, I think is awesome, she does a lot of staff training. She doesn't do direct services. Um, it's one person. She's looking for some outreach. So everyone's really captivated by the fact that we're doing direct services, which can be very intimidating. We're sitting at a table, and we have no idea mm-hmm. where you're going to stay when you approach us. <laughs> when you're in social services, you know it's about benefits, but when you're at the table of social work... In a library, it could be anything, mm-hmm. right? What better way to train a social worker? I mean, the critical thinking component of it, sharp. You become very sharp. So it, it, it really is special. So you had your students come in at the beginning of last year. How had even they transformed by the end of last year? They would like to think they were experts. They were pretty awesome by the end of the year. <laughs> you know, graduate school is funny because you can get someone right out of undergrad and they've worked at Staples. I did it. They worked at Staples. They go to graduate school. Or you can get someone that's a director of a program and decides years later to go to graduate school. So the learning curve is so different. Um, and that's the type of students I get. But by the end of the year... I mean, they just had such a sense of community and understood it on such a different level. And I think really understood that bad things can happen to good people, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So I just think they became so much more sensitive and they understood programs. You know, the city has a lot of services, right? And so we had to look at outcomes and, and, and they understood the difference between service delivery and outcomes. So, yeah, I think they became very savvy by the end of the year. Um, and they understood a lot of these cliches or, or simply cliches. They're not people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a growth experience, even for the ones that were really seasoned. Mm-hmm. And you told me one beautiful story that came out of, I believe it was Southeast Anchor, um, about a man who was in a wheelchair. Can you tell a little bit about that? Because that was really impactful. Mm-hmm. I actually just saw him two days ago, and he looks Wonderful. Did you see him? Oh, it's so exciting. Oh, he looks amazing. I think he has a girlfriend, but that's another thing. Anyways, we had a student at Southeast um, who actually was in a wheelchair himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was very savvy about services. But this gentleman um, would visit often. And come to find out, he lived in uh, a rental very close in the area, but it wasn't ADA accessible. So he would park the wheelchair at the bottom of the steps and drag himself up the steps. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, drag himself. And so that's and that's what they did. And um, so we were able to provide that we got him a mobility application, connected him to mobility services. But even more importantly, we were able to get a, a temporary ramp for him that he can. It's a portable ramp. It was nice and sturdy. He can take it anywhere. So that just opened up everything for uh-huh. him. It did. And he just met us the way you know we said you have to go to the doctors get this form filled out he was just so willing to do the work he just really didn't know what direction to go into so you find a lot of times people are willing to they just need some direction and some support and he is just doing he's doing wonderful uh, and he's all over the place now 
What has happened in the four libraries where this program, I, I mean, it sounds like the social workers have really become ingrained in those communities. We talked about how the students changed. How have those communities changed? I think the communities have been very welcoming to us and the library is another source of assistance for them on a completely different level. You know, when you walk down the street and they can call you by name in the community, it's that's pretty cool. Yeah, they do that to you all the time. Oh my goodness, big (laughs) right? It's pretty cool because it means that I'm being identified as part of that community and the community in the library. And that just, that takes some time. It goes a long way. Even the library staff has been wonderful. We've had security guards refer people to us. It is just all hands on deck. It is not simply the social workers, but it's that they're able to work as a team member within a system and within a community. It really just is a concerted effort with everybody. What do you hope for this program going forward? I hope that this is just going to be a regular model. This is going to be a field placement that happens every year, that it will grow. Even as Pratt, maybe we'll bring in social workers. I just think it is the perfect place to leverage some additional assistance to help community members. I think I would love to have a social worker be like a library. All the, the librarians in a social, in a library, a social worker is there too. I just wanted to be a regular member of the library team. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of difference do you think that, I mean, you talk about just two of those stories and it's two people, but it was transformative for them. How could it be transformative for the city? Oh, geez. it's huge for the city. I think for the city, it just gives them so much more assistance and and bringing their vision to reality. I mean, you just have a, another person on board who understands what the needs are, and then you also have another team member. So I I just think it's a it's a a program that is just going to mean so much for Baltimore because in one year it's been so transformative. Um, it's sustainable, and I, I just I just think it's an excellent model for the city. Absolutely. What would you say to a person who maybe has been going in the library? Maybe they've seen that red tablecloth and they're nervous to approach. What What would you say to them? Come on over. You can come on, on over just to chat if you want to tell us what's going on. If you want to recommend something, come on over. You know, that's what we're there for. If we're not at the table, we're walking around meeting people. So just tap us on the shoulder. We're very approachable and uh, we can learn a lot from you. And we're, we're going to be here. We're going to be here. We don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> we hope so, oh, right? It's great. Kimberly Street, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate having oh, you. Oh, great. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much. You can learn more about Social Worker in the Library at prattlibrary.org. The Free to Be More podcast is supported by the Enoch Pratt Free Library. Need to brush up on your computer skills? Check out the Pratt Centers for Technology Training. From internet basics to advanced Excel and everything in between, the Pratt offers free computer classes at eight locations around the city. You can even get help using your tablet and smartphone. For more information, go to prattlibrary.org. You're free to be more at the Pratt. I'm Megan McCorkle, and you've been listening to the Free to Be More podcast by the Enoch Pratt Free Library. You can follow the Pratt on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next month for another Free to Be More conversation. Thanks for listening.